Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. And welcome to another episode of the SD4L Show. I'm Justin Thind. I'm here with my co-host Matt Sheehan, as always. And today, right off the bat, we're joined with a special guest uh, to mark the uh, opening of spring ball here in uh, in less than two weeks. Michigan State quarterback Kaitin Hauser. Kaitin, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Sensational, my God! What last night's basketball game did for my mental health is absolutely embarrassing. But I'm not going to hide from who I am. So I, I'm doing great, Kate. And thanks for asking. Thanks for asking, man. Appreciate you joining us. That he he was just Thank looking you. for a, I'm good and then to keep not today, not today. Yeah, yeah maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> See, there, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I there mean, we go. yeah, a game like that that keeps you going for like two, three days alone. You don't even need sleep. You don't Minimum. even need food. Yeah, it's just exactly. running on that. So, Kate. It's um, been a, uh, just over a year now that you've been at Michigan State. Um, you've gotten to uh, get through two um, off-season workout programs because you early enrolled uh, last uh, off-season. You have um, gotten to go through camp and a regular season. What are your impressions of your time in uh, Mich- at time at Michigan State so far? So far, man, it's been amazing. I've, I've loved my experience here. Um, coming in early. In the the winter, it's been it's definitely a change, just a change of pace for me, for sure. Just going from high school to college is definitely a big change. But as the season went along, I felt more and more comfortable with the school and the community. And overall, it's been a great experience, and I can't wait to start this next season. And I know we're really early into the off season here. Spring ball is yet to officially kick off. But what's been different about this off season compared to the last one, as you were just one more year wiser than you were? Uh, it's definitely um, a lot better. I feel like. I know what to expect coming into an off season, so I know what to prepare for and how to prepare. Um, where last year I was kind of learning as I went. I feel like this time around, I I know what I need to do to put myself in position to get on the field and play, and also just get get close to my team and just build connection with my teammates and stuff like that. So, Kane, you mentioned uh, in your earlier response that coming up to college from high school, obviously, it's it's a transition that that everyone, no matter how um, ready they think they are, kind of have to go through. And they're like, "Oh, shoot, this is college football now." What was kind of the one thing that kind of took you by surprise, or took longer than uh, maybe even you expected for you to transition into? What aspect of college football um, would you say kind of stuck out to you like that? I feel like the schedule is definitely a big thing. Um, there's not a lot of downtime when you're being a college athlete um you're going waking up early in the morning he's going to lifts practices and then you got treatment and you got meals and you got you go to school after and then you got to get you find time to get extra work so um just the schedule part is something that i had to get used to just doing that day in and day out and staying focused but i feel like as i went along through this past year and going into this off season i feel like i'm managing my time well and getting my, myself prepared so and part of that schedule is just relentless workouts. I mean, you guys are put on the strain train. So this might be a stupid question, but like, how difficult are those workouts? Because let me tell you, I, I ran for two miles today at a glacial pace, and I felt like two miles? the end was near for me. So like, how bad are these workouts that you guys are doing over there in East Lansing? There's there's some tough ones. We're really fun to work in over here. Uh, some days we have Fridays, we have strain trains, which are they just they just know they're we're, we know we're gonna walk in, we're gonna work. So yeah, a bunch of this station work and the conditioning and. Everyone knows what we have to do. We just come in and put the work in. So it's been, it's been great. Strange train. Yeah. Okay. And I, I talked to your dad last year around, um, I want to say March, and he said you immediately put on tons of good weight and um, you're continuing to lock in in the weight room and things of that nature. Putting on that kind of weight obviously also is credit to diet and what you're doing in, in the uh, eating department. What would you say that Amber Reinstein and the MSU nutritional department, how big of a role have they played in sort of your physical development ever since you got to East Lansing? Yeah, it's, it's been, Amber's done a really good job with me. Um, I feel like she's played a major role into my development and my health. Um, right now I'm on like meal prep, so I have meal preps every single day, seven days a week, and it's just really good food. And then I'm trying to stay hydrated and do all that kind of stuff throughout the week. So I feel like that part is a lot, as well with uh, like lifting and stuff like that, I feel like it's really developed me and put on some really good weight for this upcoming season, so. And offensive coordinator Jay Johnson, he has a great eye for quarterback talent, obviously, you know, wanted to bring you into the program. (laughs) 
But you saw something in Jay Johnson as well. What is it that really got you liking him in East Lansing, and what has he been like so far in your year on campus? I just love how Coach Johnson, how detail-oriented he is. I feel like day in and day out, he just he knows what we have to do and what we have to produce. And knowing my skill set and how I'm going to fit into this offense is just something that we've talked about. And um, working every single day and working on the stuff I need to perfect my craft and stuff like that. I feel like that's something that he's done a really good job with me, just helped me develop and become a better quarterback. So, Caitlin, when it comes to the fans, when they think about an offensive coordinator, really the only thing they judge them off of is just play calls, and that's really it. When when we kind of, as recruiting reporters, um, look at Jay Johnson, the biggest thing that comes to our mind is the talent that he brings in. Um, obviously yourself and uh, Sam Leavitt as well in the current class, and uh, there's some guys in the, in the 2024 class that are really interested. What can you tell us about Jay Johnson as a recruiter to you, if you can take yourself back over a year and a half? What stuck out to you that had such a big impression on you of him as a recruiter that you decided to put your future in his hands? Um, just definitely how personable he was. He was always constantly just calling me and texting me, checking up on me, seeing how I was doing, seeing how my high school season was going, and just, just constantly checking in with something that I really admire from Coach Johnson, and I feel like he's sustained that throughout the season, just constantly just checking up on me, seeing what I'm doing outside of football. So that was a huge part of my uh, decision. And how about the CEO over there, Mel Tucker? I mean, we've seen him in front of microphones. He's usually pretty reserved, laid back, not too boisterous or anything, but we know that he's got that dog in him a little bit. What is he like behind those closed doors when you guys are in the weight room, the locker room, the practice field? Is, is it just a completely different guy than us fans see on camera? Definitely. He has a okay. huge personality. You can just quiet room and he walks in, you can like sense him coming in. He just has such a big presence <laughs> when he walks into a room and he gains everybody's attention and he's done a really good job of just leading us throughout this past season and this upcoming year. So I love Coach Tuck. So, uh, Kayton, we've seen uh, so far this offseason, um, you're in the lab, obviously, all the time. Um, some IG picks came out with you and Keon working, uh, throwing the ball. What can uh, you say about your relationship with Keon Coleman? I'm sure you have a great relationship with everyone, but um, he's someone that the fans obviously gravitate to as well. So everyone's curious about the kind of dynamic you guys have. Yeah, that was something I really needed to um, just focus on coming in this next season and just building a chemistry with these receivers and my own line and stuff like that. So. Um, Keanu's a guy that loves to put his head down to work, so it was easy just connection for him, just for me and him to go out and work and stuff like that, as long as the other receivers. Um, if you have a guy like that who just loves to work, it just makes it easier on both of us to really put the work in and get the timing down. So I feel like Keanu's been a huge help to me, and I can't wait to keep working with him and see how it goes. Now, what other receivers have shown pretty big progress from last year to this year? I know, obviously, you know, spring practice has yet to happen, but has anyone caught your eye? on top of Keon Coleman? I feel like our freshman receivers have really stepped up this uh, offseason. I feel like Tyrell Henry, Antonio Gates, Jerron Glover, those guys really made big strides knowing the role having upcoming this season. So they've really made strides. I'm really proud of them seeing how they developed stuff like that. There we go. Kate, in your own game, uh, what is the number one attribute you have been working on this summer? Or this winter, I should say. Uh, biggest thing is... Um, probably just recognize an ID, IDing defenses. I feel like that's something I really need to keep focusing on. I feel like I got the offense down. Um, another thing is my confidence, just going in and be able to run the offense really efficiently and confidently. I feel like that's something I really need to work on. As far as the physical side, um, just keeping just my me mechanics and stuff like that, just tuning up like that, that kind of stuff. But other than that, just trying to stay in the film room and stay in my playbook. And we've talked about big changes from high school to college, you know, weight room, the schedule, the game itself. But let's talk about the biggest one here, weather. Mm. You are a SoCal kid. You are <laughs> in Big Ten country now. How long into the season did it take for you to get used to just the fantastic cold Big Ten weather that we have up here in East Lansing? Or was it just like, ah, this isn't so bad after all? It's definitely different when you're out there playing in it. When you have pads on and you, you have to be tough and wear no sleeves and yeah, the hand stuff, but it's definitely an adjustment. But as the season went along, it, it really didn't feel like anything to me once I've been out there and stuff. But yeah, 
It's See, definitely a Spartan dog. Difference. Yeah, yeah, he's tough. tough. He's, he's, he's tough. tougher than me. I know. Well into my <laughs> senior year, I was I was <sighs> mumbling to myself every time I went to class that I should have transferred to FAU or, yes. or something. Yeah, Boca Raton. So, baby. Yeah, that's exactly. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not built for it. So yeah, no, I got six layers on it every game. I'm just yeah. uh, a coward. 24 years in this state, and I can't I can't <sighs> get adjusted to it. And it just took him what two two weeks in November maybe to get used to it. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. Look at you. You're born a Spartan. Look at you go. So, um, Kate, and this, as everyone knows, uh, this uh, upcoming camp uh, season's both spring and fall. It's a big camp for you, for everyone on the team, and things like that. Just uh, touching on it real quick, what is your mentality heading into camp, and obviously the opportunity that you have in front of you this 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 off season? Uh, my biggest thing is just doing everything I can to put myself in a situation to compete for the starting job. I feel like that's something I really focused on. Just looking at every aspect of my game and seeing how I can improve on that going into the season. And then as I do that, going into practice, seeing the mistakes I make and just trying to fix those mistakes and try to eliminate those mistakes. Um, just going into the season, just try to put myself in the best situation possible. There we go. And, you know, before we let you go here, got to do some rapid fire questions. Uh, this is something we like to do with all the student athletes that we have on. So you're officially in the hot seat now. Not Now it gets tough here. Are you, are you ready for this, Kagan? Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready all right, go. you asked for it. Here we go. Seeing you're looking forward to the most in the new football building. Locker room. Easy as that. Mm. There we go. Mm, okay. Bang. The best advice you have gotten from anyone since you arrived at Michigan State that stays with you on a repeated basis? Uh, Coach Tuck said, don't say dumb uh, S-H-I-T out loud. That is <laughs> that, wow. that's good advice. I might take that myself. Very, I, I mean, probably not. Very <laughs> practical advice that I feel like you yeah. could remind yourself on a daily basis indeed. Yeah, that's sound <laughs> advice. How about that? Favorite helmet that MSU has worn in your short Ooh. career here? I like the Gruff Sparty, the white one. Mm. That's the correct answer. That's mm. the correct answer. Yep. yep, here we go. What's your favorite meal in East Lansing? Ooh. I gotta go east side. That's my that's my. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Nothing better than a five piece Cajun tender dinner there. Oh, yep. God, put you in your bag. Let's yeah. go. Um, and this is what we ask every single athlete. I feel like, but favorite artist, band, whatever to listen to before a game. What do you got for us? I like I like rock and roll. I like Nirvana. That's my that's my go to. Hey, there we go. I don't think we got one of those yet. So yeah, yeah, Chop one up for Team that's Spirit. First. There we go. Yeah, all right. So, uh, Kayton, is there any anything you want to plug? Anything you want to promote? Um, any NIL stuff that that the fan base can jump on? Any anything that we can open the floor up to you to kind of put out there? Um, I did post something on Twitter, just um, just something quick, um, just a little uh, nudge printing. They have a little clothing line thing that they're going to donate all the percentages to uh, the Spartan Strong Fund. And I'm also planning on. Um, I haven't really worked out the details yet, but I want to donate a percentage of my NIL to the Spartan Strong Fund. So that's something I'm doing. Um, I'm also just a big supporter of that, and my uh, my condolences out to everybody that was involved. But that's that's kind of how I'm. Yeah. Great, great stuff there. And as yeah, as amazing. you know, I'm sure Michigan State fans very supportive, and they will definitely jump on that and, and help out in any way any way that they can. Um, I guess I lied. One last question, since that just triggered it in my mind. Michigan State fans and the support they've shown you since you've gotten on campus. What has that been like for you? And I don't know how much of it you see. I don't know how much of it you read on Twitter, but. Let's just say I haven't seen a fan favorite that hasn't started a game yet at this level at college football ever. What what has that been like you're for you? Ron, you're not Ron. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been crazy. I'm just trying to manage it. I mean, you can't really dive too much into the, the Twitter and stuff like that. You kind of got to focus on what you have to focus on. But yeah, it's been it's been great. I mean, I've no complaints. So yeah, yeah. All right, Kay, and thank you so much. You're very very generous with your time, and uh, good luck to you this off season and and this upcoming season. Appreciate you. Yep, go get him, kid. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Another hit. There we go. God, all yeah. these kids are so nice. Yeah. Jesus. What yeah. can State go? Yeah, you can see the maturity in Kayton and and uh, the way he's been approaching the um, battle this this upcoming season mm -hmm. and the opportunity in front of him. I have no doubt that he will do everything he can to put himself in a position to possibly win that job for sure. It's going to be an interesting one. I, it, yeah. it does not take an expert. It doesn't even take a novice to a novice to say that. A novice? Loud. Novice? No, what did novice? I say? Uh, you said a novice? I started to say novice. Yeah, I caught oh. myself at the end. <laughs> I, hey, says the guy mark that it says, off your bingo card. Says the guy that says, uh, Arena. Arena, yeah. <laughs> I st still got to work on that one, but yeah. Whoops. <laughs>
we got to start making a tally mark list of how a bingo many times card. It, yeah. it won't be good. Yeah. yeah, novice was a tough one. No vice. That that was. Bad. I have no excuse <laughs> for that one. That that, that was bad. Yeah. That was bad. But um, yeah, just to put a bow on, on the segment with Kate, and I think um, him coming in last year, immediately putting on the good weight that he did, yeah. and keeping his head down and working, and now this upcoming season, there being a lot of optimism in the building for his his chances to possibly win the job. I think it tells you before he's even played much meaningful football, the trajectory that he's on definitely at the very least validated his recruiting ranking and probably will beat it out if he continues on this trajectory so lots of uh lots of optimism there and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens in the coming year god it's, it's gonna be a fascinating spring i mean all springs are fascinating now because you know football 12 month sport at michigan right. state but wow no shortage of great storylines going into this spring camp That's and right. uh, yeah the quarterback battle yeah probably numero uno uh, yeah, on that list. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. I'm sure all all the yeah. spring storylines as well as camp rolls around the Monday after spring break when the Spartan student athletes get back. Yep, and uh, that's that's when we'll dive into some of that. But Matt, you ready to talk about the putting the ball in the net sport? Which they did a lot of mm. Tuesday night in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh my, I I love March, <laughs> but I hate March. I I start talking crazy i start talking like a delusional person you think i'm you think i'm bad the other 11 months like i I become a menace exhibit a exhibit a i walked into the studio and um matt goes i found out it's how many hours about 1100 to 1200 miles 1100 1200 miles to drive to houston yeah and for those of you that don't know that's where the final four is so (laughs) i hate that i did that about 23 hours after matt was convinced the season was lost yes um he is now looking at driving plans to (laughs) h-town so that's that's the temperament that he has here about basketball and probably the same way as him it's nuts but dude like yesterday uh you know my, my wife and uh child are doing bedtime so i can oh, just no. sit on the floor in the basement and watch a game played by college kids in my lonesome and i walked in to read a, a bedtime story and okay. my wife's like what are you doing here the, the game's on I'm like no it, it's over it's done and this is when <laughs> msc was down 12. fast forward like an hour i looked my wife dead in the eye after tyson hit that dagger three and said we're, We're the Houston? best team in the nation. Oh. <laughs> we are the best team in the nation. And Justin, you know what? I, I believed it when I said it. I, I truly, in my heart of hearts, believed it when I said we are the best team in the nation. Now, okay, the craziness has gone down a little. I don't think we're the best team in the nation. But, like, March run incoming, whether that's just, you know, the second weekend, whether it is H-Town... You gotta like what you saw from Michigan yeah. State. Look, I I know I'm I'm talking crazy. I know it's a quad two win, but that's as good of a quad two win as you could possibly yeah. get. I think because what happened on Saturday, the Iowa game, the biggest storyline was going to be how's this team going to bounce back mentally. Mm-hmm. Okay, first half, you spot Nebraska 15 points. Their arena, you like that, mm. is out of control on Senior Night. Tommy Naga is hitting everything. He's turning around before the ball even goes in the hoop. It's like, okay, backs are, they're not against the wall. They are firmly in the wall. We are through the drywall right now. Things are not looking good. But that second half is everything that you want to see out of a team when March rolls around, not just hitting open shots, but finding the open shots, great ball movement, great defense on the other end, tight rotation, just... I'm fired up. Happy March, Justin. Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is the way that... Michigan State's offense has played the last couple games. It got overlooked in the Iowa game because they lost. Obviously, right? You're not. People aren't going to sit here Correct. banging the drum of you got to give their offense more respect when when the game was yeah, a loss. Sure. But fact of the matter is, this is now two games in a row where the, the shot making and the ball movement was on another level. Yep. What I also combined with that is the thought that. While the defense hasn't been good recently, even though it was for, for a lot of yesterday, not early Second on. half, yeah. Right. First half was tough. The fact of the matter is their defense was very, very good just three to four weeks ago. So if you can combine a part of your team's identity that you were hitting on all cylinders just a month ago, we're not talking about three months ago, just a month ago with a, the part of your team's identity right now in offense that is clicking currently, I don't think that's a pipe dream. I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation. But if they can combine those two forces at once here in these next couple weeks, 
I agree. There's not that many teams that can beat them. They're up to, what, 23rd now in Ken Palm? They're climbing up there. Something yeah, like that. I think that. they are top so 25 now. It is, um, it is a, I think that's an accurate representation of where they are. And I think uh, on a given day, they can beat pretty much anybody out there. Maybe Houston is, is a little different, but they've faltered a few times. If Temple can beat them, I guess so can other teams. So sure. it's um, very interesting. God. I, and just one more intangible thing that I want to bring up from Tuesday's game, um, and this goes beyond the box scores, what I mean by that, is A.J. Hogar did not have a good first half by mm. any stretch of the imagination. Izzo talked with Big Ten Network after the game and said, A.J. went into the locker room at halftime and said, well, that's the worst I've played. And Izzo chimed in with, ever. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was. But A.J. Hogard owned up to it, right? I mean, you could have poor body language. You could go in the locker room pointing fingers at one another as to why you are down 12 points against Nebraska, but took total ownership of it and, you know, just responded with a record-setting performance that was, you know, due for his second half, 14 assists total on the game. The only other Spartan to do that in a true road game, the Magic Man, Magic mm. Johnson. So MSU Basketball pointed that out on Twitter after the game. Yeah. So what a bounce back by the captain of the team, essentially. The, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean. I th- yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, throughout the season, there have been some like questions about who is a leader, how often yeah. do these guys lead. Um, I think those are all fair questions. I think ever since Cassius and Xavier Tillman and those guys have left, um, Aaron Henry, to some extent, was, was a solid mm-hmm. leader, but there's been some of that lacking. But at the end of the day, if you can have someone, an upperclassman guard like that, go into the locker room, say, I played horribly, um, the team as a whole, very down probably, I'm guessing, after that Iowa game and then that first half at Nebraska, it takes a special set of leaders and a special team to come back from that. Yeah. And um, as we have talked about in the past, like moral victories and things of this nature, even when they were losing – there's a different level of fight that this team has than the last two teams mm-hmm. at Michigan State. Sure, in all three of these years, the regular seasons may have been underwhelming, but the whole time, this team has felt different than the previous two before it. 100%. And how much are you loving that small ball lineup now mm. that they have deployed more and more as the weeks go on? I mean, we're talking Joey Hauser, Jaden Akins, Tyson Walker, all shooting the three-point ball at yeah. over 40 one percent okay you want to throw Malik Hall in there over 38 percent shooting and then the fifth guy in that rotation is AJ Hogard obviously great distributor mm-hmm. he can go downhill towards a basket best guy at drawing fouls on the team and is known to hit a three-pointer every once in a while yeah. um so yeah like that five to end the game like this is why I'm this is why I'm google mapping yeah how to get to Houston in, in an automobile <laughs> just in yeah. case just in case i Knock on wood. Yeah. I, I think um, as everyone has, has talked about now, uh, Michigan State is top 10 percentile in three-point shooting. Unfortunately, they're not even in the top 50 in terms of three-point attempts yeah. in terms of their percentile. So um, that is something ideally that they recognize and they try to change. Um, or not necessarily even change because the last two games they attempted more than 23s. So ideally they just need to keep this trend going. But yeah, like you said, they have, they have a lot of three-point shooters on this team and that needs to be the way that they live or die this, these, uh, these next few weeks. With that small ball lineup, they have not done a great job rebounding. But if you're making your shots and you're outscoring the other team for the most part, other than the final minute against Iowa, I think um, that can help mitigate some of that lack mm-hmm. of size. And I think it's a, it's an identity that they can lean on here. Is there anything that you want to see this Saturday from the team, either that you haven't seen yet that you think is really urgent as we are coming to a close of the season, or anything that you just want kind of reaffirmed, or what are you looking for this Saturday? I don't know if it can be done in one game, but maybe before March Men or before the big dance starts, mm-hmm. maybe through through Chicago. I want to know firmly which centers and how much they can be expected Fair. to play. Yeah. I would like to know. Is Jackson Kohler a nine-minute type of guy? Is he a 14-minute type of guy? 
Personally, I was thinking yesterday I would play him maybe 18 to 20 minutes okay. kind of at this point. Gotcha. Maybe that was a little overkill. But or honestly, even Cooper, I wanted to see him play more than he did. I don't did he did he play yesterday at all? I don't remember it if he did. Yeah. So apologies if he did. Right. I don't think he so did. so that's kind of like I believe that these guys can and probably should play more than they are playing. So either I would like to see them play more or I would like to be proven wrong about why they should shouldn't. Yeah. So that sort of clarity with the, the minutes distribution at center is pretty much the only thing, I think. I like that a lot. And yeah, I just looked it up. Cooper did not play mm. at all yesterday. Um also just what I want to see too is I mean, look, Nebraska's solid defensively. Like, they are top 75 in adjusted defensive efficiency. Like, they're not putting the clamps on you completely. Still top, top third of the nation. They're yeah. better than average, for sure. So, like, what I want to see again this Saturday, and this is something Michigan State's done better and better as we are going into the twilight of the season, is just the ball distribution and finding the open shooters. I mean, what they did in the second half yesterday was a master class. Even in the first half, too, they were finding really right. good looks. Early on in the first eight minutes, got a little wonky there in the middle of the first half when they're passing up open threes but they were there so just the ball movement everything like that if you could see that again against Ohio State you're gonna feel a little better about that now with that said we're also gonna have an honest discussion about what this Ohio State team is <laughs> I don't think they're on the bubble they might they might first four teams out is that where they're at right now Ohio State probably is is not even anywhere in the picture <laughs> first four out of the CBI or yeah something like that. It's, it's, it's sounds not about right yeah it's not, I can't believe how bad it's gotten for them yeah um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah some context here um, obviously this game is at the Breslin Center mm-hmm. um, Ohio State before they impressively beat Illinois by 12 at home last game before that they were on a nine game losing streak yikes and all season long on the road there are one and nine in true road games. Well, Which Breslin isn't tough to play or anything, right? <laughs> I mean, on senior day, yeah. no, come on. <laughs> in those games, their margin of defeat against the spread, minus uh-huh. oh 5.4. Oh so the spread alone you would think is accurately representative of how much they should be losing by. Yeah. And then they go ahead and lose by an average of more wow. than five points uh, against that. <laughs> and uh, Michigan State is 11-2 and two at home this year. That is some that's some great numbers by you right there. Um, I, fe- I felt okay about this Saturday's game, but I don't want to say much more. But that, those yeah. are good numbers, Justin. I, I like hearing that a lot. Um, God. Senior day, though. Hey, we got to talk about this. Yeah. Who, who's kissing the Spartan logo? Because everyone, I think quite literally everyone on the team, has more eligibility left. Yeah. That's even, right. even Joey Hauser, the guy that's been in college since 2014, like yeah. he can come back. The COVID year added yeah. so many years onto so many careers, but. Who's kissing the Spartan logo then this Saturday? I think if I had to guess, I think everyone um, that is an academic senior probably will kiss the logo. I think uh, Tyson Walker, Malik Hall, and Joey Hauser all probably will. Um, the reason I say that is last year um, Joey Hauser did so, and then he returned. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's just a moment that they want to make sure that the guys have, even if they come back. Um, because you don't get to do that over again, obviously. So um, as a result of that, I would probably say not to put too much weight in that. Now, sure. if somebody doesn't kiss it, then I would kind of raise an eyebrow. Because oh, yeah. then that would mean quite a bit to me Oh yeah, out of those three guys. That's a great point. Um, but if if though all three of them do, I don't think I would assume that all three are leaving. So I guess that's what I would tell the fans that are closely watching that element of it. Fair. And Chris Holman is such a fan of the, yeah. the kissing the logo at the end of the game. I say that every single player I agree. Michigan State should be kissing the logo just to prolong the game. Now, he had the issue in 2020 uh, with the whole ceremony with Cassius Winston. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, it took like two minutes of real time, but that, that's Cassius effing Winston. Okay? Yeah. We could have taken 22 minutes. Didn't take long enough. And not apologize. Correct. That's one of the best players in Big Ten history. Yeah. Are right, you going to cry about two minutes? Chris, mm-hmm. No. Everyone should kiss the logo. Yep. Even you, even you, Justin. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll come climbing down. And All I'll, the Ozone members. I'll, I'll shake hands with Chris Holtman on the way parade. to the logo. Let's make a parade about it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah. That's not the last time we'll be talking about Senior Day here for the rest of the show. That's mm. right. Two are facts. One is whack. Hmm. Mm. That's a little teaser for later on here. You like that? Or that you nervous I already? do. Okay. I do. That's good. That's good. Seems like, Matt, hmm. the next logical step would be to talk about kind of what this game and the le- what these remaining games kind of mean for Michigan State. Sure. Um, Bracketology-wise, right now, Michigan State, according to Bracket Matrix, before last night's game, mm-hmm. because unfortunately, Bracket Matrix has not been updated today, despite yep. us refreshing it every five minutes. Right. 
Uh, Michigan State last night was a seven seed, the third seven seed, I believe, um, mm-hmm. according to Bracket Matrix. I doubt they probably would have moved up much, but hey, that alone is is good enough for right now. Um, I yep. think a lot of Michigan State fans would take a seven seed right now, and um, that's a good spot to be now with a chance to win at least this next game, if not win a couple more, maybe get into the six seed. Um, so that's where Michigan State particularly stands. Uh, the Big Ten as a whole... Um, I guess we could talk about that in, in our next segment, but looking like nine teams will, will be making it from the Big Ten so far in the current yeah. projections. But I guess bracketology-wise, any, anything about Michigan State that you kind of have um, feedback on, or where, what are you kind of looking at right about now? Yeah, I punched it in to BartTorvik.com, like mm. what, you know, some different scenarios, and let's say they win out. Let's, let's go crazy. Let's say they just win the Big Ten title. Bart Torvik has them as the first five seed right now. So it'd be on the cusp of the four and the five seed. Of course, you know, Bart Torvik is computer-driven. Mm-hmm. The committee is human. But also, if you're like me and you buy into the conspiracy theory that the Big Ten title game is too close to Selection Sunday where the committee already has their mind made up, might be a five anyway, but again, yeah. that's, that's crazy talk. Now, more realistically, let's say they beat Ohio State. They win their first Big Ten tournament game, and then, okay, they lose in the second round. Bartorvik has you as the last six seed, so they will be right on the cusp of that mm. six or seven game. If you lose any of these next two games, they'll be quad two losses. I think you'll be firmly on that seven line, but again, this is where we now enter the what do you believe computers yeah. and humans debate yeah and, and a six seed now that's that's huge because then you avoid like the top, both of the yeah. top two seeds in your bracket in, in the second weekend or i mean in the second game yeah and um yeah i will say this though like I, you know i'm reading 100 bracketologies a day and unc north carolina i don't know if you ever heard of that little school yeah. down there in the title game last year they're like the last team in for a lot of these brackets and usually those are like 11 seeds i right. swear to god if it's 11 seed in north carolina for six seed Michigan State just for ratings, like I will evaporate. I, I will I will just spontaneously combust into dust and never to be seen again. I'll be so angry. But yeah. so I'm just mentally preparing myself for that. <laughs> I just planted that in all of your heads just to like soften the blow when it actually happens on Selection Sunday, just for the heads up. That's uh that is a scary sight to think about. I can't think of anything worse. And also in terms of Michigan State's um I guess opening game in the Big Ten tournament, whether it's a, a second round game or a third round game after a double buy. Yeah. Um, MSU Twitter member uh, Jake Schemmel, former Michigan State basketball uh, student manager, a legend. Yes. Yep. Um, good ball knower uh, to Great follow on Twitter. Yep. He uh, put together sort of a layout of what needs to happen for Michigan State to make the um, double or to yep. clinch the double buy. And um, every single team this uh, next week, all of their outcomes that need to coincide for Michigan State to have that happen. I published an article on that. You can see that on the Spartan Tailgate Twitter site. That's free. That kind of tells you what you need. Um, I'm not sure how likely it is. I would say it's probably pretty unlikely, but so was Iowa hitting five threes in the final minute. So odds go out the window right about now to me. Just had to bring that up. <laughs> that was mean. Nah, I'm over it. We, we won Tuesday. <laughs> Who cares? But boys, move on. We're, we're going to our 25th consecutive big dance. Uh, we're, we're okay. We're okay now. We're okay. Is it new segment time? I believe so. Hatch this thing for us. Hatch this egg for us, Justin. Let's go. Let's get nuts. Michigan State is a member of the Big Ten Conference, Matt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Breaking news. Nice. There we go. So, Fun fact. As we like to keep people informed about what is happening in the Michigan State world and adjacent, I think it is logical to introduce the segment of the Around the Big Ten. Here, we'll kind of just be talking about kind of some spillover implications for Michigan State, just new talent entering the league from the high school ranks, um, maybe coaches departing from the Big Ten that Michigan State might recruit against, um, how other teams are trending up and down, things of that nature. Uh, So just kind of keeping fans briefly informed. We won't be diving too deep into any of these topics regularly, but just kind of grazing on headlines that you kind of need to know. Um, Perfect segue from the previous uh, segment that we were talking about. All the other teams in the Big Ten right now, um, they're all log jammed right there. And the amount of opportunity that a lot of schools have to get in depends on what happens in this next week or so. Right now, Michigan is the 10th Big Ten team in terms of the picture overall. They are on the bubble. Right now, I believe uh, 131 Sports has them as the third team out. Okay. Uh, Right behind them in the next group, which is the next four out, 
Penn State is the last team there. So those are the two fringe Big Ten teams. Everyone from Wisconsin and above likes to be in good shape to make the tournament right now. That is where the Big Ten stands from a bracketology standpoint, heading into the final five days, four days of games. So like, going to be a lot of representation for the Big Ten in the big dance. We'll see if one of them can make a Sweet 16 or maybe an Elite Eight this year. <laughs> and if it's going to be one team, don't have it that be that team again. You know, like that's, yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, just a, a gimme game against a Mountain West team, and then you get to face Rick Barnes in March yeah. in Indianapolis. It's totally not bitter about Who that. Who do you think, if somebody told you, only one team from the big... Or let's say two, because I know you're going to say Michigan State's okay, one of them. Right. So, if Michigan State and one other team make a Sweet 16, who are you predicting is that other team? Yeah, I've fallen in love with Trace Jackson Davis, and I know like you could not have worse timing to talk about Indiana as they lost by <laughs> 78 points at home to Iowa last night, but I put me aboard on the Indiana hype train, I guess. You can make an argument for Northwestern. You know, that's a very sizzling backcourt that they have, and that seems to work out pretty well in it's March. True. Purdue is Purdue, but at the same time they're Purdue. Yeah, you know, like never. they're they're good, they're solid. They'll be a one or a two seed, but it's Matt Painter and Purdue. Yeah, uh, we just saw them lose to a 15 seed right. in the Sweet 16 last year. So I, I, I'm a little reluctant to put my eggs in that basket. I agree. So go I, Hoosiers. I yeah. agree uh, with that 100 percent because right now, if you told me like who are two teams you probably don't want to play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Probably Purdue and Iowa, but if you ask me who are two teams yeah. that you would bet to make the Sweet 16, I would not say either of those two teams. Their identity, their coach, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the lack His of grittiness. Great, uh, right, yeah. Just, I can't see those being the answer. I think Indiana is a, is a solid choice. Um, it like definitely it. isn't going to be somebody like Wisconsin pulling an upset from the 11 seed line. Um, definitely isn't going to be Illinois. Well, there's no definites in March, but as close as a definite could be, I think that those guys are reeling right now. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they might have a lot of teams, but there's not a lot of choices to, to say who's going to pull, make a run here. Uh, it's just another year for the Big Ten, it sounds like. Yeah. Looks like Michigan State <laughs> has to carry that shield for the rest of yep. the conference, Justin. That's Let's right. Go. Let's see if we can do it. Yep. So, some minor storylines around the Big Ten. Um, 2024, five-star quarterback, the number one player in the entire country. Yeah. Um, Dylan Riola, son of Dominic Riola, the NFL offensive lineman, uh, he visited, um, or he, I think he's visited a couple of times Nebraska now, but um, he has gotten three crystal balls now okay. for the Cornhuskers, where his dad's brother, uh, Donovan Riola, is the offensive line coach and associate head coach. That'll do it. So if um, Matt Rule can start landing the top player in the nation in these recruiting classes, I don't think Nebraska would be um, an easy opponent to get some wins from. So that's kind of relevant to to the landscape of the Big Ten. Um, I guess we'll see what happens there. Kind of early still, obviously. There's a lot to, lot to play out there. Around the Big Ten again, um, Michigan State uh, obviously has gotten into a lot of recruiting battles with Penn State. And um, there was a recruiting battle in the defensive uh, line last cycle, or two cycles ago now, Davon Townley. He's a defensive end for Minnesota, went to Penn State. Gotcha. His primary recruiter then, and I'm sure others as well in the battles they've had, John Scott, who was Michigan or Penn State's defensive ends coach, was hired by the Detroit Lions. So that'll be an interesting spot to see who they replace him with. So we'll just see. some things around the Big Ten there to kind of keep an eye on. There we go. Nice. God, that that Rayola news is interesting for Nebraska. Yeah. Like when he canceled his visit to Georgia, that that arched both eyebrows for me. Yeah. It's like, oh, Nebraska getting spicy. And like, there's no adage in sports that I hate more than the oh. This sport is better when this team is good, but I like the Big Ten will be more fun if Nebraska is good. I agree. Like that's a long suffering fan base. There's like really only maybe one other fan base in the conference that like I really want to succeed. It, it might be Nebraska. Wisconsin's close. You know, they're kinda like a yeah. stepbrother to us, but like it would not be the worst thing to see Nebraska start to do well. Now I gotta say, that is a bummer that we're ending this whole East versus West division thing. <laughs> right. You know, in a few years here, but yeah, I mean, if Nebraska can rise from the ashes just a little bit, like that's probably good for the. Big and 10. this is kind of what NIL was supposed to be—a school like Nebraska, sure. kind of getting a, a guy like this. Spot on. Now, I never expected Nebraska to be like rich and just paying yeah, guys right, left and right, right, but it was supposed to close the gap a little bit. Yeah. And I think that this is kind of a refreshing sign of what NIL was supposed to be. Yeah, so best of luck over there um, in Lincoln. I, I know yep. a lot of Huskers fans are watching right now. They never miss an episode <laughs> of SD4L, so hey, corn up, or whatever you guys say. I don't know. Um, can well, we get to Owen? 
I think I have to take another loss in the... Owen first. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I texted Owen on the side. Oh. I'm a bad co-host. Oh, I'm no, keeping secrets from you <laughs> as we record live, so sorry about that. Owen, you're as surprised so as I am. It's I, my I turn? It Step is. right up, big boy. Let's go. Come on now. Take us to MSU right. Sports Church. Well, you got to start with MSU Gymnastics. Uh, first time ever in program history, MSU Gymnastics is co-Big Ten champs of the regular season. It was, they took down Illinois at Illinois and Coach Rowe and his squad, that was one of their goals for this season, and they accomplished it. Um, they tied with Michigan for first place, but the feeling of those gymnasts and everything that they've been through, and uh, they had this Illinois meet previously canceled because of the events that happened on campus, um, and they were able to make it up and then able to finally clinch it, and it was honestly awesome. So. Coach Rowe and his squad are doing phenomenal things, as well as also winning awards. Uh, Gabby Steven and Nikki Smith uh, won awards this week. Steven was Big Ten Gymnast of the Week, and Nikki Smith was Big Ten Freshman of the Week. So all sorts of awards. And then MSU is currently ranked number 13 in the country, an NQS of 197.120, which is phenomenal. Uh, event rankings in the country. They're number nine on vault, number 18 on bars, number 13 on beam, and number 10 on floor. So they're hovering around the top 10 in just about every event, which is honestly phenomenal. And Michigan State has really turned into a gymnastics school because of the way that they've recruited, getting uh, gymnasts like Nikki Smith and Gabby Steven last year and Bailey Garcia and all those other gymnasts that have been contributing in those ways and they just continue to keep on racking up those awards so definitely gotta give a big shout out to um, MSU Gymnastics and then um, MSU Women's Basketball plays tomorrow at noon against Nebraska in the Big Ten Women's Tournament um, it's gonna be a difficult one but we'll have to see how that turns out but uh, that just about does it Appreciate it, Owen. Very, very in-depth uh, breakdown of gymnastics, and I think everyone appreciates that. You have a unique um, uh, unique uh, sort of access because you broadcast a lot of these games for a lot of these matches for Big Ten Network, and we appreciate you sharing that insight with us. Of course. Anytime. See you guys. Yeah. You're the best, yeah. Owen. Yeah. Just an icon over yeah. there. Yeah, and I believe, Matt, you had um, Coach Rowe on uh, Locked on Spartans. Sure did. That's yeah. right. On today's episode up on YouTube right now, Coach Rowe, we spoke for like nearly 30 minutes. I emailed him and said, hey, you want to talk for like 10-ish minutes? And this this guy was an open <laughs> book. He was awesome. And look, in 2018, when he took over as head coach, this was a team that was dead last in the Big Ten. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of other stuff going on, too, around mm -hmm. the program. But th there was not a lot to write home about with Michigan State Gymnastics for a very long time. Right. Four years later, like one of the best programs, not just in the Big Ten, but just as Owen said, in the nation. You talk to this guy for a little bit, yeah, you could understand why and how he has built a championship culture at Michigan State, why recruiting is so high on the rise there in the gymnastics program. So, yeah, Mike Rowe and, and all the girls there. Yeah, shout out. Just absolutely destroying the game. So, yeah. love to see that. Love to see that. I would also love to see you conquer this next segment justin how are you feeling about it? let's friend to friend how, how, how are you feeling right i was now? i was feeling okay and then you okay. tweeted out how there's a chance for me to finally get this win and then i started feeling the pressure so now i'm not feeling as okay now that That's you good. now that you've made it seem like it's a given i should get this right it is not a given no 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 no, no. It, it is not a given <laughs> but just like mathematically like you're due to win one of these right um so two of these are facts one of them is whack justin are you ready to play two are facts one is whack I believe so. This is Senior Day themed, and also the last 10 Senior Days that have happened in East Lansing. Number one, MSU is 10-0 in the last 10 Senior Day games. That's it. Number one, MSU is 10-0 in the last 10 Senior Day games. Number two, Cassius Winston scored 27 points in the 2020 Senior Day game against Ohio State. In the last 10 years, no one has scored that many points on Senior Night. And the last one, including this upcoming Saturday, MSU's most frequently played senior day opponent in the last 10 years is Ohio State. Okay, so you got this. to clarify the middle one, Absolutely. you said Cash has scored 27, no one else has scored that many on senior night? That many or more, yep. Yeah, in mm -hmm. the last 10, right? In the last 10, yep. Yep. Okay. 
10 senior nights back of being undefeated mm-hmm. seems like a very um, lofty standard for that large of a sample size. Um, this is dramatic. This is dramatic. Ohio State has now been the opponent twice for senior night and just the last senior day and just the last three years. Two years? That'd be years? correct. That, that, yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah, that, that, that is correct. Seems, yep. Yeah, that, that one seems to be the one that I was leaning as definitely. I'm going to say the first one is Whack Matt. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. They're 10-0 in the They're last 10-0 in the last 10. 10 senior day games. Yeah, I know. Who Which, is 10 I want to know how many yeah. programs in college basketball are yeah. 10-0 on senior day. I, I I have no idea, but, like, yeah, MSU is 10-0 in their last 10 senior day games, uh, which is marvelous. The other fact on here is that, yes, Ohio State is MSU's most frequently played opponent in the last 10 years. This will be the third time in the last 10 years they've played Ohio State. They've played Michigan twice in that span, and they've also played Iowa, Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Maryland one apiece. Cassius Winston scored 27 points in that unforgettable senior night game 2020 against Ohio State to lock up the Big Ten title. However... Travis Trice in 2015 against Purdue also scored 27 points. Mm. And Denzel Valentine in 2016 against the Buckeyes as well, also 27 points. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say <laughs> other than sorry. Blame Michigan State for being so good on senior day that yeah, they just can't lose. That seemed like uh, too yeah. impressive of a stat right? for anyone in the country to be upholding. I know. <sighs> I know. It's it's sensational. So, uh, oh, God, please, please make it. <laughs> <laughs> Please make it 11 straight. That'd be awesome. <sighs> Man, well. 0-5. Five-game win streak coming up. No, probably not. No, I, mean, I don't, know, I don't look, even believe it when I say Water's going to find its level, Justin. <laughs> I, I believe in you. I believe in you. I think water did find its level. No, don't talk. No, don't talk like that. We're, we're, we're going to work on self-positivity this next coming week, all right? You got this. <laughs> you got this. Speaking of uh, you know, self-positivity, here's someone that really doesn't maybe need a lot of it because they've been absolutely on a tear in the last week. It's time for Spartan Dog of the Week. How about a guy that scored 50 points in the two games since we've recorded? Uh, There's only been two Michigan State men's basketball games since. Tyson Walker has filled the basket with 50 points. He had 31 against Iowa. He had 19 against Nebraska, including the dagger at the end of the game there. So, Spartan Dog of the Week goes to Tyson Walker. Hey, again, we talked about it earlier this uh, show. If he kisses the Spartan helmet, it's not the end-all, be-all, but I would love him to come back. I, I, I need him to come back for my own sanity, for your sanity at home, for everyone's sanity. This guy's shooting at a 43% clip. Right. And you know what isn't talked about enough is how nasty he is on defense. Mm-hmm. We're talking black belt karate hands. Yeah. We're talking just sticking on a guy like flypaper, yeah. off ball. Like I. I just love Tyson Walker's game. Yeah. I just love Tyson Walker. Yeah. How about that? So, Spartan Dog of the Week, it's, it's got to be teed up. 100%. No doubt. 100%. Kind of also speaking of Tyson Walker, I know um, the topic right now after all these good games is people are talking about whether or not he comes back or not. And um, and I was listening to DK Space, and one of the, one of the guests that came up said, um, we have to raise money for him to come back. Um I don't think Michigan State will have any issues, or I should say the Michigan State ecosystem of supporters would have any issue matching um, whatever an NBA two-way contract is, a G League contract of that sort. So I don't think if he, if he doesn't come back, it's not because they were not able to, to raise the money. And I don't think it would require much raising. I don't think they would need a public fund and people to donate. I think if they if it's about money tyson would be back it's just is it about money or does he think hey i've done everything i could at michigan Mm -hmm. state um and my pro stock isn't getting any higher so i should probably try my hand at the next level or not that's really what the decision would come down to so that's kind of what i would say to keep in your mind um as you watch tyson walker and you ponder that decision and the the metrics that go into it i'll donate anyway i don't even care (laughs) i don't even care if they don't need my money they're they're gonna get it anyway for tyson walker to come back that would make don't, my entire year. Don't blame you. Anytime those threes yeah. go in, it's money well spent. <laughs> I was talking like a lunatic when that three went in last night. I just, just completely deranged talk. It's just at some point I'm like, oh, this one, this one can't go in. The last one went in. Oh, no, nope. the out of bounds play was like one point one seconds left. Unbelievable. Like, and just the, the cleanest swish. He suits like two hundred percent on contested fadeaways from mid range. It's unreal. It's unreal. God, that jumper's so wet. Oh man, I love it. That's. 
it's the best time. I, I, I can't. I can't. Kemba Walker on coming right here. You think? Oh God, it's it sounds so real. <laughs> oh, I just felt my heart skip a beat when he said that. Let's go. Oh man, <laughs> is it time to hand out some flowers? Here, Seems Justin? like that might be that time. Let's go. You know what? Tis the season. Senior day is coming up. Michigan State's gearing up for March. Their twenty fifth consecutive appearance in March Madness. That is extraordinary. Yep. We're not talking about the streak. If it wasn't for one Aaron. Henry. That's right. Basketball is a team game. Of course, everyone on the court contributed, but no one contributed more to the end of the 2021 season than Aaron Henry. 20 points against number five Illinois. 18 points against number four Ohio State. 22 points in another must-win game against Indiana. 18 points on senior day against number two Michigan. They had to win all those games to punch their ticket to March Madness. Only Kansas has a longer active streak. They're about to go on their 33rd straight year. Michigan State is about to have 25 straight years. That is going to beat Duke's longest streak that Coach K had. There's those 24 years, and we're two more years away from tying North Carolina's streak of 27 straight. Michigan State, of course, a blue blood. A historic college basketball program, but this is another stamp. Another piece of evidence that you could put on that. And we're not talking about that without Aaron Henry, the guy who put the team, the program, the school on his back and dragged that team to march in 2021. So Aaron Henry, hey, keep balling, young man. Here are your flowers. We love you over here in Spartan Nation. 100%. Sixers G League legend Aaron Henry. Let's go. Just he Let's go. Team He's teaching back. Victor Wembanyama how to play by the way. I don't want to get right. that twisted anyway around. Right. They brought him in. Yeah. For mentorship. Yeah. He made Joel Embiid, sources said. I'm not going to dispute it. Un- unreal I'm not going to dispute it. Unreal run that he had. With at, that attitude, at yeah, State. that's going to will anyone to greatness. Yeah. God. Shout out Aaron Henry. That was a stressful week or weeks, yeah. plural, I should say. That that was um a lot of sleep lost yeah. during that. God, it's, it's March, Justin. <laughs> it's March, man. This is... Oh, God. I know I've said this like five times now, but I, it, it's it's the best time yep. of year. It's the best time of year. Time to, time to follow John Rothstein and time to lock in in the lab and time to watch some High Point highlights and Valparaiso oh, let's and, and let's see which mid-majors are making this run. Let's go. God, I, I also just like horrible gambling, too. Like, <laughs> if, if you don't think I'm not going to light money on fire betting on Oakland to win the Horizon League at 50-1, to 1, you're out of your mind. Jalen Moore, about You're to carry him. Bro, ro- yeah. the, the prodigal son, Rocket Watts, yeah. is going to make us rich <laughs> very shortly, Justin. It's going to be a movie <laughs> from Rocket Watts coming up. So that's right. 50 to 1 odds. That's just that's not gambling. That's just a financial investment at that point. D- don't. Seems don't like money laundering to me. Don't take that advice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, does that about do it, Matt? I guess so. It appears to be the end of the podcast. That was fun, as always. I hope everyone yeah. else at, at, at home had fun. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter as long as we had fun. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. But, yeah, we had a solid talk with uh, Kate and Hauser at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And um, basketball, lots to talk about. And hopefully we continue to have lots to talk about here in these coming weeks. So, uh, with that, I was Justin Thin. That's Matt Sheehan. We appreciate you watching this week's episode of the SD4L Show. See you next week. Love you guys. You're the best. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 